Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Keeping It Together podcast for episode 53. We're so excited you guys are going to tune in. As many of you are aware, we have been doing a self-care and mental health segment. Um, However, for today's episode, we wanted to give a quick preface of what today's topic is going to be about, as it's going to be very difficult for quite a lot of people. Today, we are going to be talking about um, the death of a loved one and the grieving process. We've done this before um, for my own episode a couple weeks back, but today's episode we'd like to, one, dedicate to Zachary Glunt as he is a truly treasured member of the Keeping It Together family and the Glunt family. Um, for those of you who are going to be tuning in today's episode, please be aware that today will be a topic about death and grieving and loss. And if this episode is too hard for you to listen to, that is 100% okay. This is supposed to be therapeutic for everybody who's going to be tuning in to know that they are not alone. And if you or someone you know has lost somebody they love, please reach out to us. Please reach out to family and friends. This is... Uh, a very emotional topic for us, and, and we hope that this today's episode can bring you some peace and some comfort to know that you're not alone. People love you, and there are so many people on this earth who truly cherish the person that you are. So with that, we will start today's episode, and thanks for tuning in. Hello, and welcome back to the Keeping It Together podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Alyssa, and welcome to episode 53. Episode 53. I can't believe we just celebrated the one-year anniversary of the show. Me either, man. Where has the time gone? It's insane to me, and it's insane to me we've made it this long. You know it's also going to be a celebration? What? The live show on oh, July 27th. Right. By now, you guys have heard that we are going to be doing our very first live show of the podcast July 27th at the Williamsburg Music Center. Please buy your tickets in advance. We cannot stress this enough. What time is it, Alyssa? Doors open at 6 p.m. When does it start? Show starts at 7. Heck yeah. How long is the show? Show's an hour and a half. All right. Just like any other comedy show. This is like you're hearing it for the first time. Um, Doors at 6. Show starts at 7 p.m. We are so, so excited. We're going to have a ton of fun guests and fun topics and a great time. Yes. Come hang out with us. Honestly, we're just going to make it. It's going to be kind of like a night of just hanging out with us at home Mm -hmm. and just what it's kind of like to just. There will be drinks. There will be games. There will be laughs. There may even be some music. I don't know. You're going to have to come and check it out. Heck yeah. Link to buy your tickets is in this week's episode um, bio as well as every other week that we have talked to about this show. Again, buy your tickets. You do not want to miss this. There is a limited (laughs) amount of seats and we really, really hope you guys come. (laughs) <laughs> that wow that was like very businessy i don't know I was, what i was uh, i don't know what i was doing there it just kind of came out of nowhere um well let's get started with today's episode um we we kind of gave a quick preface right before this um death and, and grieving and loss is is a really tough subject but it does um unfortunately it's a part of life everybody has to deal with it. it's a shitty part that we we never want to um, but we thought that it would be very appropriate for this segment to to talk about as um, it's important to grieve and it's also important to take care of your mental health um, through this. Yeah. And this is weird. I'm going to be like interviewing you. You did this for me. I know. Like back in March. This is this is very strange how I guess time works like this. I like I have this really weird theory about us that the universe 
put us in our lives so we could deal with these events together because usually when one thing happens to one person it happens to the other actually that has happened a lot to us we've had a lot of similar like it's weird not not the exact same thing but a lot of now that now that you're saying that like come on it's very odd and it's a little morbid but it makes sense Um, i mean i've kind of felt that with this whole situation yes that there has been a bunch of different people involved in my life that are able to help me through this situation. And there's no way that I just met these people by accident. Exactly. Like they were supposed to be in my life to help me. People tell us that you mean people by coincidence. I truly don't believe that. I believe there's the right place and the right time. You just don't know that it's happening. And that's where the idea of coincidence kind of came about. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, um, a, a lot of you have known, um, we've, we've talked about it previously. Um, we lost a very important member to like I said, the keeping it together family and to your family, somebody who I've known for a few years now, um, Mm -hmm. uh, your brother, Zach. Yeah. Um, it's been, it's, I think it's been like a pretty emotional time lately. So (laughs) first I want to kind of, before we dive into this, um, well, let me, let me apologize in advance if I like cry at all (laughs) during this guys, cause I probably will. I may cry (laughs) during this. So I apologize if I become a shitty interviewer during this because I may cry many times um so so kind of let's uh, uh, we haven't really mentioned zach a lot on the show so why don't we kind of talk about him a little bit um to who he was to you kind of what happened before um and then what has kind of happened after um the funeral now and everything so you know zach is obviously my brother um yeah <laughs> <laughs> um you know, we weren't the closest of siblings. Um, unfortunately, there were some things that happened in the past that kind of drew us apart. Uh, but in recent years, uh, he was turning his act around and things were getting better for us again. Um, I had just gone home at the beginning of May. Um, I remember this specifically because I went home for my friend's gender reveal party. Mm-hmm. And when I was home, I remember... I believe it was that Friday. Me and my mom, my dad, and my brother, we all went out to dinner. We all had a good time. We were laughing. Um, I was I was cracking my brother up, and he was saying things like, wow, you're so cool. And like I could – now looking back at it, I can tell that that was his way of letting him know that he was so proud of like the person that I had become. He's always been proud of you. Any time From the time that I've known him to where our friendship is now, he has always said the highest things of you. Yeah. And he was always making jokes and, and trying to make everybody laugh, especially you. Yeah. I guess with the way that I always took my brother and like his jokes, stuff like that, he gave me a lot of tough love. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean was good because in a way it was him trying to help prepare me for the real world and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, you know, I have that really nice memory of us going to dinner and then we also went to another bar by us. Uh, me and my mom, my dad and my brother, we met up with some of my parents' friends and we were hanging out. And then later that evening, my dad took me out to a friend's house and then he was going to drop my brother off because, he was going to Uber in downtown mm-hmm. Youngstown, and that's where my brother lived. Um, and I just remember, you know, it was a it was a good last time seeing him conscious, mm-hmm. I guess I should say. Um, so I'm very lucky to have that memory. Um, you know, I went back. I can't. I came back to New York, and I found out from my mom on Mother's Day because I remember I called her, 
And she told me that my brother had checked into the emergency room. Mm-hmm. And this didn't really catch me off guard because my brother was just in the emergency room in March. And then he was also in it back in August. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know why. I just I didn't text him for some reason. I know I texted him back in March when he was in, but I guess... Just, I think it may have been a thing of, like, he's going to be okay. Yeah. He's, this is just him having the flu or, or something, yeah, and I, then something minor is wrong. I Yeah, I legitimately thought he was going to turn around, and, you know, my mom, my mom was talking to me on Mother's Day, and, yeah, she was telling me all that. And then Tuesday morning when I was at the gym, like, this was, like, 7 o'clock in the morning, I got a call from my mom, and she tells me that my brother had gone into ICU, and that he had gone unconscious. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, uh, she had told me that the doctor said that his liver was failing and that kind of stuff. So from that point on, for like the next week and a half, it was back and forth, back and forth with him. There were points where he was conscious. Like I called my mom every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if my brother was ever fully conscious, but I hope that if there ever was a point that he was, I hope he knew that I called. Um I'm sure he did. I mean, one of the the crazy things people say about those who who are in comas and unconscious is that there is still brain activity. Yeah, there is still a level of consciousness there that we're just not aware of. There, there's always that that thing there. Yeah. So, you know, for the next week and a half, things were going back and forth, back and forth. I kept asking, you know, should I come home? And my mom was like, No, no, no. Like, it's it's going to turn out. It's fine. Um, and then I remember it was the Wednesday before Memorial Day. And my mom just said that he was being reactive with PT and stuff like that. Um, I got a call on Friday before Memorial Day. My mom says to me that I needed to come home. And that's when I knew things were a problem. And so, um, you know, I bought my ticket home. But the soonest I could get home was Saturday at Mm -hmm. like 5 o'clock was when my flight was going to leave out of Newark. So that sucked. Um, Saturday morning, I got a call from my mom and she's crying. And, you know, it's basically, I I don't remember exactly what I was told, but I just knew things were bad. And my mom was like, you know, I'm not sure if you're going to make it here in time. And I remember waking up to this phone call and, you know, when you first wake up, your mind is not even functioning properly yet. Right. And, you know, in that moment, I had to say some of the last things I was ever going to say to my brother. And, like, I'm crying on the phone. And, you know, at this point, I'm just hoping to God that I'm going to make it home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that Saturday, I was packing my stuff. You were there at the apartment. You were there. Kelsey was there. Brittany was there. Um, You were all trying to get me out of the apartment, help me get packed and help talk Mm -hmm. to me and just – make sure that I was okay. Cause I don't know what I would have done if I would have had to do all that alone. Um, so I got to the airport, I got on my flight and I landed at seven o'clock and <laughs> this is the hard part. Um, I, my friend Nikki's dad picked me up. Nikki's the one that had the baby, the mm-hmm. baby reveal party, mm-hmm. baby reveal, gender baby reveal. reveal. Um, it was a baby reveal. <laughs> we are very fortunate that Jim and Chris are, have been a part of our lives for 10 plus years. Um, and they were there with my parents about all of it. They have been my best, they have been my best friends, my parents, best friends. And I've been best friends with their children for a very long time. And so Jim picks me up from the airport and he takes me over 
And he kind of warns me, actually. He warns me that my brother is going to be very yellow. Um, if you want to get a good picture in your head, think like Simpsons character, Simpsons character yellow. Like that's how yellow he was. Um, so, you know, we got into the hospital room and I walked in and I see everybody around my brother in the hospital bed. Uh, you know, Chris is there. And then, uh, my aunt Beth is, aunt Beth is there along with her husband, Harold. My cousins are there. My uncle Tom is there. Um, my my mom is on one side of my brother. My dad's on the other side. And everybody just looks so defeated. And in that moment, like, I just, I broke. I, oh, it, it was a lot of emotions that flooded in at that moment. Like, I went to my mom um, and I went to my brother and it didn't look like my brother. And I looked at my dad and, like, like I've seen my mom emotional, but, like, my dad didn't look emotional in that moment, but you could just see in his face that he was just defeated. Mm -hmm. And so that was all very hard to watch. And for the first hour or two, I couldn't actually fully process what was going on. So when I actually bought my plane ticket on Friday, I bought it to come back on Memorial day. Like I legitimately thought that things were going to be okay for me to turn around and come home. Right. And it's tough because when you're not there, you don't know what's going on until you get there. And then, and then you're there and it's this entire flood of, rush and and trying to figure out the situation and and trying to react with your emotions it must have been really really tough yeah like i i actually had really bad anxiety like the first couple hours there i couldn't i couldn't go near my brother i kept pacing back and forth around the room um you know i took laps around the hospital i just couldn't process that something was about to happen to my brother mm-hmm. and before this whole experience i've had my own anxieties and big big fears of death that have been kind of looming over me for a while. And in that moment, it was just all there in front of me and I had to deal with it. Can I ask a question? Sure. Was this the first real serious death that's happened to you? Like, was this the very first time you've been around uh, these type of emotions? Yes and no. So my grandparents... Both of them passed away like a week and a half apart from each other back in 2009. Okay. So my my grandfather had cancer and then my grandma just, you know, she couldn't breathe. It was just the weirdest thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, when people are with each other for so long that when one dies, the other one kind of follows along behind it, behind them. Yeah, it's a weird uh, phenomenon. I've, I've seen this happen before. Mm-hmm. So that was very hard for me. But... I guess in a sense I was okay with it because my grandparents had lived these long lives. Mm-hmm. So this was a different, this was a different, you know, experience altogether, but still in a way, I guess, similar. Um, so the emotions are similar. The, the whole mentality of what's happening is, is still there. Yeah. So I remember Chrissy had to sit me down. She took me into like one of the family rooms and she got real real with me because Chrissy is a hospice nurse. And here we go again with these coincidences of having people in your lives. Right. So Chrissy held my mom's hand basically throughout this whole this whole experience and was at was there for her every step of the way. And I could not thank her enough for doing that. Um and so Chrissy had talked to me and she said look this was about to happen he's been he's been really sick for a while if if we get into you know what really you know happened to him and so um you know he had been suffering for a while i mean for the last year of his life uh 
he was in a lot of pain. He mm. had he had gained a lot of weight, and my mom told me that she would have to go pick him up because he was in too much pain to go walk to his car to just go drive to our house. Mm-hmm. You know, so he was in that kind of pain, and he was in a lot of pain mentally as well. And, you know, when both of those things coincide together, it's it's tough, and you don't want to see somebody mm-hmm. you love hurt like that. Exactly. Mental pain can be as uh, painful as yeah. physical. Um, and even mental, can be. mental pain can even affect your physical health. Mm-hmm. The brain is unfortunately a powerful thing in so many areas. And people kind of forget that the brain can ultimately affect our anatomy yeah. in different ways that we're not aware of until it's happening. Yeah. And so... She goes on to say to me that, look, he's he's kind of been staying on the breathing tube so that you could get here and so that you could say what you needed to say. And so I was like, all right, well, here we go. <laughs> Just throw myself into the fire right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back into the room and I asked everyone to leave the room Um and I sat down next to my brother and, you know, I could, I could see him breathe and, you know, he was in there, but he also wasn't in there at the same time. And so I sat him down. Like, well, I, yeah, I sat him down. I sat down <laughs> and I, uh, sat this guy down. <laughs> um, I held his hand and, you know, I told him that I was sorry that all this was happening to him. And, I told him that I was sorry for holding so much anger for the things that happened in the past for so long. Um, and I forgave him for a lot of the, a lot of the pain that he caused. And, you know, I told him that he didn't deserve this, you know, and I told him that what I always wanted is I wanted him to turn his life around and, you know, get everything better so that he could be like the cool, weird uncle to my kids and also be like the lesson for my kids as well you know like someone to look up to like hey they've Mm -hmm. been through their shit and I can I can learn from them um and you know things were supposed to get better and they were getting better that last year of his life you know those couple times that I had gone home things were well when I saw him and even when I talked to my parents about what had gone on the last year of his life things were even going better you know when he was with Mm -hmm. them And so things were really looking up, but it just wasn't, it wasn't enough, I guess. And so, you know, I said, I said goodbye as long as I could. And then I hugged him and I went out into the hallway and I said, okay, you guys can, you guys can take, you guys can take him off the ventilator. And so, um, (sighs) I went into the family room because sometimes when you take the tube out of people, um, you don't know what to expect. It's better to not even yeah. see it there. There, unfortunately, there are some things a part of all of this that are not meant to be seen by yeah. family. Um, so I wasn't there for that. And I sat with my cousins and my aunt and her and her husband, um, in the family room. And we just kind of talked about a lot of different memories we had with Zach. And then, you know, I think like a half an hour went by and, I went back into the room because they were done. My brother Mm. did not wake up at all. Um, He was unconscious. And what they do when they, when they take you off life support is they pump you up with morphine. And so basically 
while my brother's organs were failing, he was in a, he was in a state of euphoria from the organs failing. And then also two, he was in a state of peace from the morphine. So he was peacefully going. Um, and so that was 11 o'clock at night that they took him off. And from like one to one to three o'clock in the morning, we all just kind of sat around him talking about happy things that we remember from our childhood and stuff. I think that's important because a lot of times we humans naturally remember a lot of negative Mm -hmm. memories in life. Usually a lot of the pain that we have or when we go and have anxiety and in different memories, they can be negative. Yeah. It's important to talk about those happy ones because what they do is they tune out the negative ones. Mm -hmm. And I think it's powerful that one of the last times you were with him was a really happy time with you and your family. And that's something to really grasp and and hold on to. We knew that he didn't want to go. Um, so our job was to make it as peaceful as possible. And this was even what Chrissy was telling my mom. Mm -hmm. My mom, she held her goddamn own in that hospital room. She did not cry much at all while my brother was still alive. Mm -hmm. And so, but I freaking cried. (laughs) Um, I, um, he held on for 12 hours. So I remember I went, I fell asleep maybe about like five, six o'clock in the morning, woke up at eight. Um, you know, I like, I like got all hyped up again and then Chrissy calmed me down and I went back to sleep at about 10 30. Um, and I woke up about 11 30 to my mom crying And that's when I knew that he had passed. Um, And so, ironically, I was asleep in the chair next to him. Chrissy was out in the hallway with a nurse. My dad and Jim were off getting food. My cousins had already left at like 2 o'clock in the morning, so they weren't even Mm -hmm. there at that point. So it was just my mom and my brother in that moment when he passed. And she was actually hugging him as he passed. So in our theories that that's how he wanted it to be because him and my mom, they had always had a, their own special relationship. Yeah. And so, um, you know, if, and my brother was the type of person that he did things his own way. And when he passed, he did, he did it his he, own way. Um, he always walked to the beat of his own drum. And, and that was one of the best characteristics of him that, mm-hmm. that I loved. He always was an individual and never let anybody else tell him who he was going to be or what he was going to do. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'm a bad person for this. I, you know, my family, we also like to use humor to kind of cope with hard stuff. Sometimes and dark humor is the, one of the best coping mechanisms. So I did like this dark humor joke and it was, it was literally not even 10, 10, 15 minutes maybe after he was gone maybe 20. I was like, I was like, Oh, he looks like a Simpsons character. And Jim was like, wow, you really are one of us. And I'm just sitting there like, well, if Zach was here, he would have really, he would have enjoyed that joke. He would have, he would have been like, Hey, really? Um, (laughs) but, um, so yeah, we hung around the hospital for a little bit. We had to talk about arrangements with the doctors and then we had gone home. Um, that night was hard. I mean, you know, I called you, I called Brittany. Right. Um, I had, I had a little bit of an anxiety attack, a very, a minor one. It was more so I was overwhelmed with emotion. Well, everything is kind of happening at once and Mm -hmm. then it happens and then you're kind of sitting there like, what do I do now? Yeah. So 
that week at home was hard. Um, his funeral was on a Thursday. Um, the funeral was very hard because, you know, I had to say goodbye to my brother in a casket and like, oh, I spoke at his funeral as well. Um, I, you brought the speech and I did today. Um, would you like me to read it now? I would love for you to okay. read it now. So I wanted to, you know, I read this at the funeral to kind of say a few things about my brother, but then also kind of tell people a little bit about the lesson that I already was learning from this whole experience. Like it had just happened and I already learned a few things. I'm still constantly learning from this. Um, but also this resonated with a lot of people who came to the funeral. And I will say that a lot of people came to the funeral. Like it was, I, I was, it was amazing how many people stayed around for the service. Well, you know what everybody says, the two events that bring everybody together in life are weddings and unfortunately funerals mm-hmm. because it's in those moments you realize who really cares about you and, and wants to support your life and, and the impact that they've made on you. Yeah. So um, here it goes. <laughs> Without further ado, um, I give the floor to you. Thank you. On behalf of my family, I would like to thank you all for being here today. In the days before and the days after Zach's death, we have received immeasurable amounts of support. With all these people here today, I know that my brother is loving this right now. He was definitely one for attention. My brother was a creative man. From the time he was young, he was always making these crazy inventions. If you find the photo, my brother once took a hanger and somehow made it into a belt. Yeah, he did it. What? Yeah. When he picked up a guitar, he created magic. I was always jealous about how he was able to move his fingers and play the most beautiful riffs. I was also inspired by him to learn how to play myself. The first riff he ever taught me was Whiskey Lullaby by Brad Paisley. My brother was not a perfect man. He made his mistakes. He traveled down the wrong paths. He didn't say the right things, but he was human, just like each person in this room. At the end of it all, he had a good heart. He never meant any harm. He helped those when they needed it. He wanted the best for people. Zach was the kind of person that he would give one of his last few dollars to a homeless man just so they could eat. Zach did whatever he wanted and said whatever he wanted from the time he was a little boy. He had the courage that I wish I had, and I will miss that. My brother was also a fighter. When my brother left this world, he was fighting as hard as he could. Zach wanted to move from here one day. In Zach's apartment, he left a list of things he wanted to do. At the top of that list was to leave this town. But God had another plan. It's not fair that someone is taken so soon, but in a way, maybe it was. My brother faced many personal battles and demons, and he hid this well, so well that his family did not realize how deep his hurt went. I am so sad that his life ended so soon, but it saddens me even more that this was a life lived in pain. I find peace in the fact that he is no longer in pain. My friends, we always think that we have more time, more time to love, more time to talk, more time to forgive, but these are just assumptions. Assumptions. (laughs) Tomorrow is never promised. I thought I had more time to call my brother, text him back, see him again, hash out any old grievances, reminisce on old days, and create more memories. Think about the things that are bothering you right now. Your feelings are about these things are valid, but do not hold on to them for too long. At the end of it all, these things are so small in comparison to the big picture. Your time to speak, to forgive, and to love is now. Are you okay? No, <laughs> just keep going. That's it. That's the um, end. <laughs> that's powerful. 
clearly as I'm <laughs> tears are coming out of my eyes. I yeah, well a lot of people did cry at I, that. I mean, I remember reading this. Um you shared it on on Facebook after and I I took some self-reflection to it and I actually called a couple people that I I hadn't spoken to in a long time. Um wow, I'm not okay. <laughs> Wow, this is a change. Um, I hope y'all are okay at home right now. It's it's powerful because, unfortunately, the biggest lessons we learn in life are the ones that usually do the most damage. Yeah. Um, so kind of flash-forwarding now to, to where you're at, um, how are you doing? What What is kind of going on with you and, and what have you done to, to kind of handle all of this so it's been a lot of back and forth uh the week that i was home i did cry a lot um but then i came back to new york uh the i think what was that the first week of june i was here and i kind of threw myself back into what was my old life well what's tough is new york is the fastest city and it's a city where if you don't move with it it's gonna eat you right up yeah and i think also too i i was in denial um and a lot of people could see that i was kind of playing pretend and i wasn't fully dealing with you know what i needed to deal with a lot of my friends did um and so i mean i learned my lesson real quick because the second week of june everything just kind of hit me hard And I mean, it it really hit me hard because, you know, I had gone, I had gone to a doctor because I was having problems with my medication. And then they, at the doctors, they told me that my blood pressure was really high. It was 139 over a hundred. So that day I went to a primary care doctor. I got it checked out again and it was still very high. And I mean, I was dealing with a lot of stress before my brother had passed away. Unfortunately, I was dealing with a lot of other stuff um, that was messing with my anxiety and my stress. And this really just put the cherry on top of the, mm-hmm. you know, on top of the cake. And so um, I think what's crazy is that people, like we mentioned earlier, um, mental health can severely mm-hmm. affect the body. And I think it's kind of sometimes a reality check for us. We're like, wow, we're really stressed out. And now yeah. it's making me think that there is something wrong with my body, which uh, there can be sometimes when it does come to mental illness and it's important to address it as serious as a physical illness. Yeah. And so the the doctor had prescribed me an anti-anxiety medication. Um, I had taken it Wednesday and I immediately did not like how it felt. It was one that was supposed to build up in your system. And after just one dose, I felt like shit. And I was like, I don't want to take this anymore. I would rather figure out something like alternative remedies and then have something for like an as needed basis. Like if something gets really bad, take that medication, you the, know, the tough part is when it does come to anxiety medication as somebody who does take it, um, for people like me, I am not an as needed basis. I need to take it to function, mm-hmm. uh, in society because if I don't, um, my anxiety levels are all over the place. Mm-hmm. There are sometimes for others who unfortunately go through traumatic events, um, do need to do something as needed. And, um, for those of you who are out there, um, kind of dealing with stuff like this and, and like me who are on medication, everybody is different. Yeah. Um, there is no one right remedy for every other person. And I want to preface that, um, yeah. 
because at least for me, I am not an as needed basis and it's tough and it's good that you want to find alternative methods yeah. before kind of going to that because medication is tough. Yeah. Um, it's a tough pill to swallow literally yeah. i mean i'm so early in my treatment process just mentally that i don't even know if i might i could possibly be i might have to take something all the time i don't know so you know i, I took that medication and ironically that night i actually had a really bad anxiety attack i laid down in my bed and my heart rate went from 60 to 120 beats per minute I was like warm all over. It was, it was terrifying. Um, our one roommate, Kelsey was up and Kelsey has seen this before. She's dealt with this before. So she Mm -hmm. knew, she knew what to do in that moment with me. And, um, you know, I was able to bring myself back down. It took a minute, but it was terrifying. I think you were um, also very lucky because you did have somebody with you. And yeah. there are a lot of times you're not with someone. So it was kind of almost like it happened right place, right time. Yeah. Because not only were you with someone, you were with somebody who has been through this. Yeah. And I like, yeah, my heart, my heart was racing and I thought that it was just going to keep going up and up and up until like it couldn't go up anymore. Like that's how it felt. And so it was that bad of an anxiety attack that I was actually sore in my chest for the mm-hmm. next two days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had I've had different kinds of anxiety attacks in the past, and they've been more so overwhelming, you know, waves of emotion. But I've never had one where my body literally went into this fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that really... Um, now, really, for me, is like okay. I need to figure. I need. I need to figure out what I need to do. So I actually went to see a therapist on Friday. Um, That's amazing. I yeah. A lot of people won't have that courage to do that right off the bat. So one amazing props to you because it takes a lot to admit to yourself that you need professional help, and professional help is the best. I am not a professional. I'm in no need or yeah. no way. Um, trying to to tell anybody to do anything, but I am a whole supporter of therapists and psychiatry and that whole realm because it can help in tremendous ways. Yeah. And, and to do that so early on where you're at in, in this whole process is incredible because your first thought was, I need to talk to somebody. And there are a lot of people out there who don't see that as the first resort. Um, when talking to somebody really should be. Yeah. Well, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, well, shit, my blood pressure is being affected by this. My physical health is being affected like this. Like, I need to find some type of handle on this Mm -hmm. because I'm also in a state of nothing can happen to me now. Like, nothing. (laughs) My mom literally told me this on the phone the other day. She was like, nothing can happen to you. Like, so we actually are, me and my mom and my dad were on an app called Life 360. (laughs) So we can see it's like each a other of my now. friends. Yeah. Yeah. So like I can see when my parents are home, they can see where, when I'm home, like they can see where I'm at and it gives them some kind of peace of mind. But now it's like, okay, I have even more of a responsibility to take care of myself, not just for me, but for the people who love me. Yeah. Like I mentioned, traumatic events in our life really put ourselves in check because they, they make us reflect on our own lives of what we've done, what we're doing now and what we're going to go forward with. Yeah. I think, What's been incredible to see on your journey is that you are really trying to do something to better yourself, to help yourself physically, to help yourself mentally. And that is so incredible to acknowledge. 
you have to give yourself props and and remember that you are doing incredible things. I mean, I know. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I know that my brother would not want me to be in pain and he would not want to see me fall. And I know he doesn't want that for my parents either. Like, I just know it, you know, because he, he loves us. And so, and that's a powerful way to remember him mm -hmm. and continue on kind of for him. It's a way that a lot of people sometimes don't cope with. And I think that's incredible that you're doing that to honor him, to keep moving forward and keep pushing, um, for, for the ones that can't. Yeah. I am just so incredibly proud of you and, and where you've come because I, cannot imagine what it's like i it's tough because i've had loss in my life but um the, the loss i've had in my life is very different and and does not compare um and to see how much you've grown through all of this you are this newfound person that i have never been more proud to be a friend to thanks man zach was an inspiration to me he was somebody who had the confidence like you mentioned i wish for myself and I remember one of the first times he reached out to me when we started this show and it was incredible because he was so proud of you. And I know he's looking down on us right now with this episode and just proud of, yeah. of what you're doing and what you're doing to keep moving forward. Yeah. I, um, I ironically, the same day I saw a therapist, I saw a psychic. Um, so, so let me, let me explain how this happened. Two totally different sides of the spectrum. And so, okay, let me, let me just explain how this happened. So I, I was leaving the therapist's office and she's down by Grand Central and right by Grand Central, there was like this big little like street fair going on. And now I'm like pretty positive. It was a Colombian street fair because Colombia was playing in the soccer championships or something like that. <laughs> You mean the World Cup? The World Cup. <laughs> yes. I do not follow soccer. I am sorry. <laughs> that was um, amazing. And so this psychic calls me over and it turns out she's the Times Square psychic. And she does a whole tarot reading on me, you know, tells me I'm going to, my soulmate's coming for me. I'm going to have two kids, like, you know, all, all that cool stuff. Tells me cool. I'm going to live. Fellas, watch out. Going to live a long, a long, happy life, you know. And then she does palm reading. And... She reads my palm and she looks at me and she goes, have you lost somebody recently? I said, yeah, I lost my brother. And she goes, your brother, I can, I can feel your brother's spirit here. You know, he wants you to know that he's at peace and he doesn't want to see you worrying about him anymore. And that's powerful. I don't like, there's a lot of things about psychics that can or cannot be true, but that is one of the things that I hope is true. Um, also, after Zach passed, my mom was looking through some stuff. And in the stuff, I think she was looking for photos or whatever. She found she found the um the paper from my Aunt Debbie's funeral. My Aunt Debbie died when I was three years old. Um, so this was like 1998. This was before I had cancer and everything. And my my mom has taken that as a sign that he has found my aunt, my grandma, my grandpa in our childhood dog Buster, and that wherever the hell he is, he's happy. I hope he's not in hell. <laughs> I hope I hope wherever he I hope he's in heaven. Um, uh, I mean, he he was baptized, and you're baptized to be forgiven of your sins and your future sins. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're on that right path there. I like um, where your head's at. So, and I just, I there's like these little things that happen in my life now. Like if if one little thing like mishaps, I like think it's my brother messing with me. You know, because. That would be shit that I he mean, would do. I joke around with Mimi that if I see a stick kind of flying in the air, she always used to have this phrase because she was one of those dark people that I'm going to beat you with a big stick. Uh, so sometimes when I see like a stick rolling around, I'm like, Mimi, where are you at? <laughs> like, uh, you know, there there's a part of the grieving process where we and even past that process where you want to find a way to remember those people to make you smile because mm-hmm. at the end of the day. It is about remembering the good parts and it's about remembering the impact that they made on you because as humans and what we're trying to do on this earth is to make an impact on, on all the people around us. And I think Zach has done that on so many people on so many levels. He had so many people come to his funeral, like his friends that really, really loved him and they were really devastated that he was gone. They were not, they were not ready for it. They were not expecting it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my my brother was a big, well, is a big influence on the person I am, the person who, like, he, he taught me who to be and who not to be. Um, and so, you know, I look to him as my own kind of, I guess, inspiration in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a cup behind my bed, and in the cup has a hat that he used to wear all the time. Um, and the cup says, um, if you don't know what to do, ask Zachary or something like that. Hmm. So there have been a few times I've talked to the cup because I didn't know what to do. Uh, pretty soon when my parents come visit me in July, I'm going to get some ashes. So that's going to oh. spice up my dating <laughs> oh life my real God. well. Um, but in a way, that's very cool. And I said, yeah, it's it's cool to get your brother ashes, your brother's ashes. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's cool in a sense that one thing that Zach wanted to do. So Zach originally wanted to move to California when he graduated college. And in the past year and a half or so. He changed his direction. He wanted to move to New York, and I think it's because of me and what I was able to accomplish here, Mm -hmm. and I made it seem like it was something that he could do. And so in a sense, my brother gets to move to New York now, maybe not in the way that he wanted, but that's what I hope to do from here on out is to try and do things and live out my life and be able to live not just for me but for him as well. This is not – you know, this is not an easy process. Um, You know, right now, today, today I feel good. But I can't promise that tomorrow I'm going to feel good or next week. It's going to be a lot of up and down. It's going to be waves for me. It's important to acknowledge when you are feeling good, right? Like in this moment, I can tell this entire episode has been very therapeutic. Um, And and you've gotten to talk about this in a way that I could never talk about death and and grieving. And just makes me so proud to be your friend to see um, how incredibly great you're you're doing with all of this yeah and that you've chosen this really positive path to to honor zach and it a lot of people sometimes don't go that way right away and it's important to acknowledge to yourself that wow i'm doing really good therapy has taught me one big thing in life and it's always to acknowledge those good moments where you you sit there and you're like take a breath and you're like today feels good i feel good and things are good yeah and and it's important to remember that when when going through all of this, you know. Yeah, I think that's um kind of a good way to yeah. end this episode off. I, I'm so proud of you for coming on here and talking about this. This is not something anybody 
can can do easily and well. And I, I think you've done incredible. And thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. Well, I also, you know, there could be a lot of people out there who could be dealing with, you know, the same the same thing right now, or they might deal with this in the future. And just for them to know that they're not alone, that there's other people out there who understand mm-hmm. um, what they're going through, I think mm-hmm. is also very helpful. Exactly. Well, thank you for, for sharing your story, for letting me interview you and for talking about this so, so gracefully. Yeah. Well, thanks guys so much for tuning in. For those that listen, we can't thank you enough. Um, that gives us a wrap here on episode 53. Once again, guys, my name is Alyssa. I'm Sabrina. And thanks for keeping it together with us this week. And we'll see you back next week for episode 54.